0: Welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. Valley Point Church is a faith community located in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania. Our mission is pointing people to real relationships and real significance. Enjoy and thanks for listening. We begin a brand new series today and I want to start by asking a few questions. Have you ever found yourself in a state of discord? Maybe wrong notes in your mind, wrong feelings, just chaos. Have you ever been there? If you have, then this series is for you. And I would say that even if you're not there right now, this series is still for you, Because it seems like out-of-control situations are always just around the corner. And that's where mayhem lurks. And something will happen at work, at home, or at school that just causes us to spin a bit and throw us into a state of chaos. Those things happen all of the time. And so even if we're not there right now, we never know what tomorrow may bring. And so this series is for all of us. And what I want to do over the next few weeks, throughout the month of October and into November, is I want to look at several different areas where we may be out of control. And what does God think about this? And what does Scripture say about how we can bring control back into these areas and find balance in life? Before we dive into this, I'd like to take just a moment and pray together. God, we come to you at the start of a new series. And for the next few weeks, we're going to be bringing up some very practical areas that I think many of us, if not all of us, occasionally struggle with from time to time. And so I pray that as we walk through this, you'd help our hearts to be open, our minds to be alert, and that we would be ready to receive your truth and whatever it is that you want to whisper into our hearts, that we would be ready to take that and live with it and embrace it and become fully obedient to you, putting a smile on your face. God, I'm excited about this series and have spent some time really trying to map this out. And so I just pray as we walk through this together, that as a church, as a faith community, we would learn things that help us to find control and bring balance back into our lives in all of these different areas that we'll discuss and even the ones that we can't touch. God, help us to find that control. We do pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So what are these areas that we will be discussing for the next few weeks? Well, we're going to begin today by looking at calendar woes or calendar chaos. And we're going to talk about the busyness of life. And what do we do with out-of-control bursting calendars that seem to put pressure on us that is very hard to escape? And all of a sudden, we look at all of the things that we're doing and all of the things that we're involved in, and we no longer like any of it, and we don't like our lives either because it's just a little chaotic. So how do we bring control back to our calendar? That's what we're going to focus on today. And then next week, it's racial tension. In week three, we're going to talk about parenting perplexities. In week four, we're going to talk about pain management or the hurts of life. And the specific focus will be, I have this pain, I have these hurts, and I can't handle it anymore. I just don't like this, and I want to be free from this pain and this hurt and this discouragement. And how do I manage this in life? And how do I gain control with these hurts that have encompassed me? That's week four. And then in week five, we're going to talk about money pressure. So just about everybody experiences money pressure, no matter how little you may have or how much you may have. And so how do we bring control with the money that we have been given by God to manage? How do we walk through that? In week six, we're a little open-ended on that, meaning I have no idea what we're going to talk about on that day. And so if you have an area that you'd like to hear me tackle, please come and talk to me about that. And perhaps that'll be something that we look at on week six. And then in week seven, we're going to wrap all of this up with an FAQ day where we get questions from you about calendar chaos and racial tension and parenting perplexities and pain management and money pressure and whatever we talk about on week six and just get questions from you. Some things that maybe are still unclear for you or you would like a little more light shed on that particular topic, and we'll walk through an FAQ related to the series. So that's where we're headed, and I'm excited about tackling these different areas. And simply, here's the goal. We're simply trying to bring order into life. So where did it go? Where did self-control go In these different areas and even others, we're going to tackle that. And how can we bring order back into our lives? That's where we're headed. Now, I want to throw out a challenge. Are you okay with the challenge? Here's the challenge. I would encourage you to be here throughout this series. Because it's going to be very helpful and practical. And I want you to commit to being here as we walk through these different things. We're going to do more than just talk about calendar chaos and racial tension and all these different things. We're going to actually dive into God's word and what does he have to say about how we can bring balance back into our lives. And so I want to challenge you to be here throughout this series. It's going to be very helpful information and content. Beyond being here, I would also submit this challenge and that is fill the chair next to you. Okay? This is a very practical series. Again, it's encouraging. Extend an invite. Take that risk and invite a family member or a friend to join you here because it's going to be that type of series that I think they will enjoy as well. So those are the two challenges, all right? I want you to commit to being here throughout the series, and then I would encourage you to think about somebody else who might benefit from some of this content and then invite them to join you. And let's just walk through a season where we learn together how we can bring order and self-control back into our lives. Today, it's calendar chaos, and here's our big idea. Calendar chaos can be resolved with a look into the life of Jesus. And actually, we have to do more than look. We have to observe some of the things that Jesus said and did, and then actually implement some of that. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that as well. But we want to begin by trying to resolve the tension that exists with our busy lives and our calendars. And I believe one of the greatest ways we can do that is by investigating the life of Jesus, which is kind of interesting. Because when you consider Jesus, I don't know if anybody was busier than him. Right, like He came to pay for the sins of the world, and he put a team together that would carry on his mission, and he taught, and he healed, and he looked out for the needs of others, and then he died, and he came back to life, and then he went back to heaven, actually, and all of this in a very short period of time. Nobody was busier than Jesus, and so we're going to look to his life to discover how did he use his time? Again, he had a limited amount of time to make impact and to put this team together and to pay for the sins of the world, a limited amount of time. So how did Jesus manage his calendar? And I hope to make clear that looking into the life of Jesus is more than just a church thing to do. It's actually something that's going to help us manage our own calendars and the chaos that surrounds it. Now, let me start with some confessions meaning I have some confessions that I want to make to you. Three, to be exact. And I want to start by saying, one of the things I love about Valley Point Church, and you'll discover this if you hang out here long enough, is that it's okay here not to be okay. Meaning that we're a church filled with imperfect people. And we get that, we understand that. I am not a perfect leader. I fail, I sin, I fall short, and I know many of you feel the same way about your lives. So we are imperfect people, and there's nothing worse than trying to pretend that you're okay, right? Like, yeah, I've got it all together, life is fine, and I'm good. When on the inside, there's all this tension and turmoil, and we know that's actually not true. And we're being very plastic and fake. There's nothing worse with trying to pretend that you're okay. And so here at Valley Point, we try to practice, and we're even imperfect about this, but we try to say it's okay not to be okay. Now, we don't want to stay there. We want to adjust and change and line our lives up with Scripture and with what God wants, but we fully understand it's okay to not be okay. So here's my first confession. I'm not okay in this area. When it comes to managing a calendar and not being chaotic and having it under control, I'm not okay with this, all right? And you need to know that as we begin. I run too hard. I say yes to probably too many things, and I just go, go, go without any thought about taking a rest or just being or even doing nothing at all. And that's just me. So I would submit to you that my calendar is a bit chaotic. I'm not okay in this area. So this has been a great study for me personally to consider how can we bring order into this because it's an area for me that is a bit out of control. So I've had the chance to kind of just take a step back and breathe deeply. And you can do that as well this morning. Take a breath and figure out how I can make some adjustments in this area and bring some order and self-control back. Here's the second confession. Because of that, I don't feel like I really have much to offer to you in terms of figuring this out. But I can share from the perspective of what I'm learning. And so that's what I plan to do today. And I want to thank you for extending grace to me. And then the third confession is that I've been taking steps to guard this area really within the last couple of months I've been taking a lot of different steps to guard this area because I don't want to run on empty. I don't want to do that. Running on empty is a very dangerous thing. It's dangerous for leaders, it's dangerous for parents, it's dangerous in relationships. And I think you understand the illustration that if we run on empty long enough, eventually you find yourself stuck on the side of the road. And there's loss and there's danger and there's a sense of being stuck. And it's often in those moments where we're running on empty and we find ourselves stuck and isolated on the side of the road that we begin to do things that we later regret. And that's what happens. When we run on empty. So I am really trying to work hard at this for me personally. And the encouragement for you is that you need to do the same. Because parents and leaders and workers and friends running on empty. It's a really dangerous thing. So those are my confessions. And I hope that makes you relax a little bit knowing that I don't have all of this together either. Hopefully that causes you to relax and consider how you're doing in this area as well. Now, just to keep us thinking, I found a website recently that pointed out different areas where you may be out of balance in life. And so I want you to look at these questions and see how many things you may say yes to. Number one, You hardly see your family. Number two, you've lost your sense of purpose or meaning. Number three, you're constantly trying to meet the expectations of others. Number four, you are unable to be present. Or even when you're in the room, in the meeting, or even when you're at home, you're not really there. You're somewhere else. You're not present. Number five, you're exhausted. Number six, you feel like you are failing in multiple areas of your life, like nothing is working right. I'm over here, this is a failure. Over here, this isn't working right either. I'm just failing all over the place. That's a great feeling, isn't it? How about this one? Number seven, you don't take vacations ever. And maybe you even lift that up as, you know, I don't do that because I have so much to do. Number eight, you have a hard time. You have a very hard time focusing on one task for more than 10 minutes. Number nine, you are unhappy and you don't know why. Number 10, you are paralyzed when it's time to make decisions, big or small. You just don't know what to do. Number 11, you don't ask for help. Number 12, you don't remember what you had for breakfast, possibly because you routinely skip breakfast and some of you right now are Probably trying to figure out what you ate this morning, and do you remember that? Or maybe you didn't eat. Not a good thing. Number 13, your workspace is messy and you dread going there. Number 14, you double book or miss appointments. And then number 15, you are lonely. Now, on this particular website, they said that if you answer yes to five or more of those questions, you could be headed for trouble. Possibly. Maybe not. But you could be headed for trouble. And so I think the question that arises out of this is what should you do? What do you do? If you're in danger, if you're potentially headed for trouble, if you feel your calendar crowding in on you and you hate it and you know you've lost control, what do you do? Well, here's what I did. I love Jesus and I have trusted in him alone to save me and I'm not adding anything to that. And I regularly study the life of Jesus, what he said, what he did, how he responded to different things. And so it occurred to me that if my calendar is somewhat out of control, why not look to the life and the person of Jesus? And what did he do with his time? And how did he manage his calendar? And often we look to Scripture to find theological concepts and words that Jesus shared that are inspirational and encouraging. But I can honestly say to you that I have never looked to Scripture to find out what did Jesus do with his time? Because he lived here, he occupied space as a human being, as the God-man, and he was here and he walked through all of the things that we walked through and endured stuff, just like what we do. And so how did he use his calendar? How did he use his time? Well, I'd never really thought about that. And so I began to read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is where you find the life account of Jesus and what he did and what he said and how he lived. And I found as I began to walk through the Gospels that there are a few different themes that began to fall out of how Jesus used his time. And I found them to be encouraging and challenging to me. And so this is what I now want to share with you. Let's look to the life of Jesus. And what did he do? How did he use his time? What did he fill his calendar with? And so these are calendar lessons from the life of Jesus. I would encourage you to get your program out. There is a study sheet there, and you can fill in some of the blanks. Get your pen ready. Write this down, because I believe it will be helpful. And let's just get very practical here and talk about Jesus and his time as we consider our own calendars. So here we go. Here's what Jesus did with his time. Number one, he worked. He worked. Now, this seems like a strange place to start, doesn't it? Because my best guess is, if we were to say, I need to free up my calendar, the place we would start is work. Like, I need to do less work. I've got to get rid of some of that. I'm doing too much there. And so I have to get rid of work. But yet, when you investigate the life of Jesus, one of the things that you discover is that he worked. And work is good. Your job is good. And here's why. It's because your work, your job, whether it's paid or unpaid, and I think we all understand there's different jobs and responsibilities that we have. Some of those jobs pay, some of those jobs don't. But everybody has some type of work and job that you're involved in right now, whether it's in your home or outside of your home. And here's why work is good. It's because your work matters to God. It matters to him. And part of work is something that he smiles upon and that he likes for us. And again, when you look at the life of Jesus, this occupied his time and his calendar. So if you have a Bible or a device, I want you to find Mark chapter 1. And I'm going to begin reading with verse 14, in just a moment. Before I read that, though, let me set some context. We find Jesus in Mark chapter 1 beginning his public ministry. So he's ready to go out there and start doing things. And what we discover right away is his work defined. Verse 14, it says, Jesus went into Galilee where he preached God's good news. And that's his job. That's his work. Very simple, but that's what he came to do. And so right away, we discover in the first chapter of Mark, Jesus filling his calendar with work, with his job, which was to go into Galilee and preach God's good news. And here's what he said. The time promised by God has come at last. That's what he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. And again, what we find here right away is that Jesus worked. And here's the thing about Jesus and his work. He was good at it. He was good at it. So whatever your work is, whatever your job is, again, paid or unpaid, be good at it. I think that's what Jesus would want for you. And if you hate your job and your work right now, be good at it until God provides something else for you, What falls out of Mark chapter 1 and the other Gospels is that Jesus was not afraid to throw himself into his work. And I think that prepared him physically to be able to do some other things, which we'll discuss. So, Jesus and his time and his calendar. He worked. He had a job to do, and he was really good at his job. Well, what else did Jesus do? How else did he fill his calendar? Well, secondly, he mentored a few. Not everybody. He mentored. He poured his life into a few. And what we find next in Mark chapter 1 is that Jesus begins the process of recruiting his team. He's putting this team together. And it's not just people who would follow him and watch him. This would be a group of individuals who would go out and carry on his mission when Jesus returned to heaven. And he poured his life and his knowledge and his love and his life experience into these individuals. Here's what we find in verse 16 of Mark 1. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water. For they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people, I'm going to mentor you. And you're going to change from fishing for fish to fishing for people and helping them and encouraging them and sharing the truth of my life with them. Verse 18 And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, Jesus saw Zebedee's sons, James and John, in a boat repairing their nets. And he called them at once, and they also followed him, leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men. Jesus mentored a few, not everybody, and that's important to know. He didn't mentor everybody, but he did pour his life into a few individuals, and he shared his love and his knowledge and his life experience with them. And I want everybody here today to know and to understand and to feel empowered that you can mentor a few. You can do that. And I believe this is actually one of the things that should fill our calendar. And if it's not happening, there's probably some things that we need to dismiss or get rid of to free up space to mentor a few. We don't have to mentor everybody. But we should be mentoring a few. This is the example we see in Jesus. And I would encourage you, you don't always have to look far to find that. The people that you probably need to mentor live within your home or are a part of your workspace or on some type of team at school or at work. They're probably right there. And Jesus filled his time with giving his love and his knowledge and his life experience to a few And I think Jesus wants us to be doing the same. And so the question is, are we? Are we? Does that fill our calendar a bit? And I would say this. I don't think it matters how old you are or how young you are. Mentor a few. And let me speak to the students in the room for just a moment. Those of you in middle school or high school or college, you're not too young to mentor someone. Again, there's probably people in your home or in your school who desperately need you. And if you look up a little bit and discover them, you can pass on your love, your knowledge, your help and support, and what life experience you may have. Mentoring is not just for old people. It's for you as well. And so let's mentor a few. This is the example we find in Jesus. He began to call people out. Again, not everybody but a few, and he said, I want you to follow me, and I'm going to mentor you, and you're going to be equipped to be fishers of people. You're going to be equipped to share the life-changing message of me with others. And so the calendar of Jesus, he mentored a few. What else? Well, thirdly, he looked for needs and then responded. So he worked Jesus had a job to do. He wasn't just floating around while he was here having fun. He had serious work to accomplish that I believe made him tired. And then he mentored a few. And then he looked up and he responded to the needs of others. What you find in this next section of Mark is that a man with an evil spirit came to Jesus. And Jesus healed that man. And then one of the disciples had a mother-in-law who became very sick, and Jesus traveled to that home, and he healed her. And then what we find is everybody began to hear about the fame of Jesus and, and what he was doing and how he could heal people, and so they came to that house. And here's what we read in verse 33. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. So Jesus healed many People Again, he's looking up and responding to the needs of others. Now listen, we're not Jesus, and we're not called to heal people. But I think the principle here is this. Are we too busy with our stuff and our crowded, chaotic calendars to occasionally look up and put some things down so that we can respond to the needs of the many people around us? And let's not kid ourselves. All of us have people around us who have some type of need. If you're anything like me, though, I get consumed with my to-do list and my calendar and my dreams and my goals and my, 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 me, 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 that I just have my head down and I'm barreling through the day or the week or the month or the year And you never give yourself space and time to look up and say, you know what? I need to identify a need of somebody around me and respond to that. That's why God has placed me here in this office. That's why God has placed me here in this community. That's why God has placed me here in this school. And I've got to free myself up to look up away from me and my and respond to these different needs around me. This is how Jesus filled his time. What else? Well, there's one more thing, and I find this fascinating. It's in Mark chapter 1. So after Jesus is looking up and people are coming to the house and they're watching him and he's healing, here's what we find in verse 35. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up. Now, I want to pause there for a moment because the full indication there is that Jesus slept. Right? Like that happened. Jesus was God with flesh on, but he still was a human, and so he had to sleep. And I think often we assume, you know, Jesus just floated around and he didn't need any of these things, but Jesus had needs of sleeping. He he had to do that in order to prepare for the tasks in front of him. So he got some rest. Perhaps this is our biggest problem with overcrowded calendars. We don't sleep. We don't rest like we should, which causes a lot of problems. So before daybreak, Jesus is asleep. He got up, no snooze button here, and he went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the other followers there went out to find him. When they found him, here's what they said. Everyone is looking for you. Everybody's looking for you, Jesus. And here's the fourth idea or the fourth theme that kind of falls out of the calendar and the time that Jesus gave up, and that is he rested and he prayed. He rested and he prayed. Over and over and over again throughout the Gospels, we find Jesus resting And sometimes getting away from the crowds and getting away from people and getting into these isolated places where he could pray to his father. And often it was early in the morning. He'd rest and then pray. Rest and then pray. After a very busy season of interacting with people and healing and teaching, there would be rest and then prayer. Now, think about this, because I think it's remarkable. Jesus is God, and here he is on earth. He's doing all of these wonderful things, and he's about to pay for the sins of the world, and he's going to rise again and go back to heaven. He is God with flesh on, and yet here we find him taking time to rest and then pray to his Father. If Jesus understood the value of that, and knew that he needed to pray? Why is it that, and I'm asking myself this question and would encourage you to do the same, why is it that that's often the first thing that I stop doing when I'm busy? said, I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to pause and get away into an isolated place, whatever that may look like, so that I have time with my Father. I just don't have time to do that. That almost doesn't make sense. Like the very thing we should be doing, we tend to avoid. And so the question we have to pull from this when we read Mark chapter 1 is that if Jesus himself understood, I've got to rest, and then I have to have time to pray and speak to my father, if he felt the value and the importance of that, what about you and what about me? And again, what we find over and over again is that Jesus would slow down to rest and pray, and often that came after. He worked, and he mentored a few, and then he looked up and responded to the needs around him. So this is how Jesus filled his calendar. This was his time. I have a job. I'm going to pour my life and my love and my knowledge and my life experience into a few And then I'm not going to be too busy where I can't look up and respond to the needs in front of me. And then, guess what? I'm going to rest and I'm going to pray to my Father because this is what I desperately need in order to survive the next season in front of me. That's Jesus. So what about us? How do we respond to this? Well, I have some questions I want to ask just to get you thinking now about your calendar. Number one, what needs to be taken away from my schedule So that I can add something great. Because sometimes you got to get rid of stuff. And so I think these four things that Jesus did. These themes that fell out of his calendar. Are all great things that we should be doing. And so if I need to add something. What needs to be taken away. So that I can add that great thing. Number two. What needs to be added to my life. To reflect the activity of Jesus. In other words, of the four things that we talked about, these four themes, what am I not doing that must be added? Number three, what do I need to say yes to that I've been avoiding? I think that's a great question. Question. Because often there are things there that we know we should be doing, like work and mentoring a few and looking up and responding to the needs of others and resting and praying. And sometimes we don't say yes to that stuff, and often we couch it in terms of, you know, I want to give my best effort to it. And I think that's kind of a cop-out. I think sometimes we avoid saying yes because we just don't want to do it or we're not in control. And so what do I need to say yes to that I've been avoiding? And then number four... What needs a quick no so I can say yes to a great thing? One of the things that I have been doing recently that's helping me not to run on empty is you have to say no quickly, sometimes. And when you know there's a conflict, when you know the activity might be a decent thing, but it's not a great thing and maybe takes you off mission or away from the things that Jesus wants you to do. Those are things that you can quickly say no to. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to pray about it. You just say no with kindness and compassion, and you move on. And I have found that a quick no is helping me to maintain control over my calendar a little bit. So the power of a quick no. And I would encourage those of you who have a hard time saying no. That's a lot of us. You know, we don't like saying no, so like, you know, I'll think about it and you feel the pressure and you end up saying yes to something that you probably should say no to, well, just learn the power of a quick no. It's helpful. And then number five, what needs to change today so I'm not too busy to rest and pray? What needs to change today so I'm not too busy to rest and pray? Perhaps this is the biggest challenge for all of us. Not enough rest. Some of you are getting rest right now. It's not a bad thing, right? But my guess is we all need to work on this a little bit. So what do I need to change in my life so I have more time to rest, but not just rest, to get into some isolated places and to pray to my Heavenly Father? Because if Jesus felt the need and the pressure of that, how much more appropriate is that for us today? All right, one takeaway, and that is I want you to pick a question and implement. Of those five questions, there's probably something there that you know you need a little bit of work on in your life. So pick a question and implement, and let's do this. Let's be like Jesus. All right? Throughout the week, let's just be like Jesus. And know that looking into his life and how he used his time and his calendar can help us avoid calendar chaos. So he worked. That's what he did. Be good at your work. Whether you like it or not, whether it's paid or unpaid, be good at your work. And in the process of that, look out and mentor a few. While you're doing that, don't get so consumed with me and my that you can't look up and identify some needs around you and then respond to that. And then don't forget to rest and pray. Rest and pray so that you're ready to survive the next season in front of you. Let's be like Jesus and let's have calendars in control. Father, we're thankful for what we read in Mark chapter 1 we see Jesus launching his public ministry and he had work to do. His work involved teaching and sharing his life-changing message, encouraging people to repent and to respond to him. That was his job, that was his work and he was good at it. God, I pray that you'd help all of us to be good at our work. Again, whether we like it or not, help us to just lean into that. God, I pray that you'd also help us to identify some people and mentor a few. Those people are probably right in our home or in our school or in our office. Help us to be willing to say, you know what, I can pour my love and my knowledge and whatever life experience I may have into these individuals and encourage them. God, help us not to be so busy with all of our stuff thinking we're the only ones who are busy, just get so consumed with that that we fail to look up and respond to the needs of people around us. And maybe there's something of my schedule that I need to put down and stop so that I can look up and respond to that. And then God, would you help us all to feel the need to rest and pray? Boy, if Jesus felt the need to do this, how much more do I need to rest and do I need to pray? So I pray that for myself. I pray that for everybody here so that we won't be individuals running on empty with chaotic calendars. God, if we continue to run that type of course, we're gonna get stuck on the side of the road and we're gonna be isolated and empty and I don't believe that's what you want for us. So God, help us to look into the life of Jesus and how he used his time and how he managed his calendar and that we would be willing to walk out of here in just a bit and say, okay, here's something I need to get rid of so that I can do something great. Here's something that I need to say yes to that I've been avoiding because it's what Jesus would want. And I got to put down thinking only of me i got to look up and respond. God, help us to be so willing to do this. I think when we act like Jesus and when we imitate his calendar, that our calendars will become less chaotic and it will be something that brings joy and contentment into our lives. So help us all to walk out of here in just a bit ready to do that. Thank you for our time together today seeking to look and build self-control into this meaningful area of life. Give us a great week implementing all of this. We do pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9, 15 or 11 a.m.